Listen, I never, I never known. I just heard Coach McGarry call, call me nervous, Purvis. I guess that's a compliment, huh? Man, Purvis got buckets. Okay, well, hey, I'll take that then. He went, well, I think he went to um, Louisville. So that's a real person. Yeah. Nervous Purvis. Hey, that's what's up. So we're going to go ahead and jump into it, man. Welcome back to another uh, episode of Message to the Young Athlete. I'm your host, Brandon Davis. And today, man, I got a great guest, uh, not only just a friend, but, you know, I consider him a mentor, a brother, somebody I look up to. Um, he's been a winner on all levels that he's performed on as far as basketball career goes. Um, I hate to say it, a high school state champion <laughs> off the <laughs> west side. I, I never got me a championship. Uh, a great, a successful uh, career as a student athlete at uh, the University of Montevallo. Um, international athlete as well in Russia, in Australia. Yes, sir. Um, also, he's a founder of Pinpoint Sports and Counseling Ministries. Um, please welcome to uh, Message to the Athlete, Mr. Romeo Penn. Thank you for having me, my guy. Oh, man, my for brother. sure. Hey, it's always a pleasure to have somebody in that, you know, I respect, have love for. And, you know, we're going to go in and we're going to talk a lot, just a lot of things. Because, like I say, not only are you a friend, a brother, but you're a mentor. You know, and I just want to say thank you for, you know, encouraging me, you know, uh, believing in me, training me, uh, showing me a different lifestyle way of thinking. So I just want to, you know, just, you know, give my, uh, you know, my my gratitude to you, man. Man, my pl- my privilege and honor. <laughs> thank you, thank you. So all right, cool. We're gonna start off how we uh, how I pretty much started off with everybody. Um, you know, at what age did you first participate in sports, and what sports did you compete in? I think it would have to be right around the second grade. I um, participated in basketball. Okay. And I, I really enjoyed basketball and, you know, I just wanted to get out there and run up and down the court. You gotcha. know, I saw people running and playing and having fun. So I said, I want to get in on that. And um, I think like right around the fourth grade, mm-hmm. I got involved in soccer. Okay. And soccer was, you know, it was a it was a more of a, a release and an outlet because I can run around and kick the ball and hit folks and all that type okay. of stuff. So okay. Yeah. I enjoyed those two. Okay, okay, that sounds good. Uh, pretty much, you know, uh, I started probably a little younger and okay. organized playing football, but soccer was also a sport that I played that, and to be honest, I don't think a lot of people understand that that sport translate over to a lot of different sports. For instance, you got somebody like Odell Beckham that's um, a football player, but, you know, he, at a young age, I want to say he had a chance to compete on the USA Travel team at like 16 I did not know that. yeah so he could have went either way but you know soccer footwork yeah um, right. and you can tell just on the on the field he's yeah um Akeem Olajuwon another soccer guy a basketball player uh footwork amazing uh put you in the blender yeah give you everything you want so um I think soccer period is a, is a good sport to kind of put any kid in right. to get them going to get them learning get them to moving the feet and stuff like that um and then, you know, of course, basketball kind of took over as I got older. And, you know, I got a little better at it. So, yeah. That's that. You know, for me, growing through um, – at that time it was elementary school because we went K through eighth grade. So okay. we didn't really have a middle school. But um, I would say the love for soccer really, really, um, really, really grew. Mm-hmm. And the only reason that I did not play soccer is because I did not want, want to go to another Catholic school. Wow. And so the schools on the west side that, I, that, that were looking at me to play basketball, they didn't have, you know, soccer programs. You right. Know, because soccer wasn't big, especially in our community. Right. And so, you know, I said I'd just stick with basketball. Same here. Um, and then we talked about uh, you, you have some people over at Boosa. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I looked into it and I was like, man, this is kind of, it's a nice price to get connected to being inside of a club team. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in our community, you know, the soccer is not too cool, but basketball is a little better because it's affordable. Right. You know, right. you know, if you're good enough, somebody will just take care of you. Right. But, you know, in soccer, you, you're paying that money to get the exposure, mm-hmm. Expo- you know, 
different from basketball where, you know, if I'm good enough, you'll put me on your team. Right. And then I'll go get the exposure. So mm-hmm. I, I think that's the difference between, you know, the um, – you know, the color line, like, we just can't afford it. True. It is what it is. True, true. So, um, yeah, same for me. Played mm-hmm. all the way up until, like, um, the fifth grade and went to middle school, and it was just – it didn't exist. Yeah. And I think they brought soccer to West End my senior year, but, you know, I'm signed. I'm not playing mm-hmm. on soccer, man. Right. It's whatever. But that's interesting, man. Um, during your high school years, um, from what I hear – you were nah, but seriously, you're you're a very good player. Uh, like I said, you're a state champion. Um, at what point did you realize um, that you were one of the best players in the city and the state? You know, I um I wouldn't be who I am without a, a young man named Curtis Davis. Okay. Um, Curtis was a teammate of mine, and. Curtis is from South Carolina, mm-hmm. and he was by far head and shoulders above anybody in the freshman sophomore class okay. at Jones Valley because I went to Jones Valley High School before they closed it down, mm-hmm. and um, he was he was my driving force, okay. you know, and the reason he was my driving force was because. Um, Kirk didn't have to practice. Mm, one of those guys. Yeah, he one of those guys. Like, it just came so easy for him. Right. And, I mean, he could li- – I mean, I literally saw him drink, like, a six-pack of beer and go out and get 40. Okay. Like, yeah. for real. Like, he yeah. was different. <laughs> he was, he was yes. that. He was different. So, right. when I think about, you know, being one of the best um, players at that time – in that in that um in that league, I, I would truly have to attribute him for pushing me, you know, um, to be the best I could be on a high school level. Okay. Um, because we were in a class. Um, what's my guy name that went to um Alabama? Um, I forgot his name, but he was a player of the year. He was number thirty-five. He played with the Chicago Bulls. You had Jason Caffey. Jason Caffey. Jason Caffey. Yeah. yeah. You had um. Hassan Saunders, Sanders, I'm sorry. And you had um, Rat, we called him Rat, but he played at um, Corey Jackson. He played at UAB. He was tops. Um, and it was a, a host of other, you know, players in there. So right. um, those guys pushed me. Okay. You know, and so I think it was more so just a work ethic that I had mm-hmm. and have, you know, that drove me to just want to be in the conversation. Gotcha. Of, of of top high school players okay. in the state. Okay. So, you know, with that with that in mind, it, you know, you had the, the drive and, you know, determination. You know, uh, was it your dream or ever, like, your ambition to play collegiate uh, basketball? Yeah. I think, you know, you know, being in the, being in the city, growing up in the city, mm-hmm. um, that's one of our, that's one of our meal tickets out, you right. know? All right. I, you know, let me back up. That's one of the meal tickets that are presented to us. Right. You know, um, and we see that and we see sports, drugs, and really where I grew up, those were the only two options. I mean, you do right. have education, but like education wasn't really cool. Right. You know? Right. And so, um, yeah, man, that's, you know, um, Go back over. Um, repeat that question to me again, because I got kind of tangled up. Oh, you good? You just I'm just I just asked that you have like, was it your dream to ever play college it was, ball? It, it was my dream to play college ball, but um, you know, I was like, man, am I really good enough? You gotcha. know, I kind of second guessed myself, and so that would that would cause me to go out and and stay outside until like one o'clock in the morning shoot you know shooting jump shots and all right. that type of stuff. So right. it, I can I can truly say it was a dream of mine to to be a collegiate athlete. Okay, that's what's up because I really just had no and you know me yeah. and you know how I just be dragging and just <laughs> no, so nonchalant that I never really just put like thought into like mm-hmm. yo I can I want to go to the NBA or even want to go to college. Yeah. It was just I was playing and boom. He found me. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty cool. So, 
with that being said, that you did already kind of had ambitions on going. Um, just like my story, your story is unique too, as far as when it comes to recruiting. So um, explain to you know everybody that's listening your recruiting process and why you attended the schools because you went to more than one school like I did. Explain why you you attended those schools. Going back, I can remember um, once getting noticed by a, by a few schools. Mm -hmm. A lot of schools had you know backed away. Gotcha. Because I had not um, made an 18 on the ACT. Right. And um, I'm not really that good at taking standardized tests. Mm -hmm. um, Learn a little bit differently. But um, the only school that really stuck with me was the University of Jacksonville in Florida. Okay. And that's where I signed my letter of intent because, to be honest, I wanted to get as far away from Alabama as I possibly could. Um, and Montana, Montana, um, University of Montana backed out as well. Mm -hmm. So I signed a letter of intent with the uh, University of Jacksonville in Florida. And then their head coach, Coach Marty Gross, he got fired. Wow. And so once he got fired, you know, it was, I remember watching it on ESPN and it was like I had just got shot in the stomach. Gotcha. You know, because that's where I wanted to go. All right, all right. Um, and, you know, sucked it up and I was like, okay, well, where can I go now? So, um, my coach, he had talked to some people at Alabama State University and I didn't really want to go there, but right. I said, well, I, I'll just give it a visit, you know, this, that, and other, because I, um, no disrespect to the junior college route. I just didn't want to go that route, right. you know, um, 18 year old kid, um, got, got a little bit of notoriety, um, in my thinking at that time, I'm better than that. Right. You know? right. So um, I um, went down to Alabama State. And I can truly say that it was because of the ratio of girls to guys. <laughs> this was <laughs> the up. The reason I signed. Ain't nothing wrong with that. It was at that time, this was um, 91, that at that time, the ratio of girls to guys were like 22 to 1. Oh, man. So, I mean, literally that, that when I did sign with them and went there, I, I saw a different girl every day. Gotcha. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah, yeah you usually do see uh, – <laughs> I ain't going to say too much, but, you know, uh, I, I, no, I've never been to an HBCU. I've yeah. visited, but I'm pretty sure that it was a very, very different experience. It was a very, very – it was like a, it was like a, a big – a bigger version of high school than the others. And that's why I didn't go to an HBCU. <laughs> I had a few. I was just like, man, nah. I got to get something else. I got to see something else. And the thing the thing is, once I got in and, you know, this, that, and the other, and saw how things worked, um, I, I remember calling my mom and said, I got to get out of here. This ain't, this ain't for me. Right. You know? um, and not so much of college, and then not so much of um, that particular college, but in a in a roundabout sense, I think it was a heart cry because I didn't I, I wasn't college material. Wow. You know? I, wow. I really I really wasn't. Um but, you know, playing ball, that was the only way I can go to, you know, make some money playing ball. So I am gonna do this. Same hey, same here. Same here. I wasn't really college material. Yeah. yeah. And so I um then I said, Well, let me see if I can go somewhere else. Okay, so I'm sitting out. I'm a prop. Right. So I'm sitting out and, you know, they making me do everything, mm -hmm. and I'm like, man, I'm supposed to, be, I'm supposed to be doing nothing with y'all outside of going to study hall. And so, oh, Pen, you shut up and you do what we tell you to do. I'm like, hold on, man, like this is not right, you know? No, you gonna do what we say do? I'm like, okay, whatever. Right. And um, I just, you know, just I just had enough, and I said, you know, I'm, I'm out. Right. I said, I'm out, and you know, the coach tried to, you know coerced my mom into, you know, bringing me back and all that type of stuff. I said, I ain't going. I said, yeah, y'all, I ain't. I said, I'm not even talking to these people. I'm not going. Wow. And so um, after a three-hour conversation that the coach had with my mom, mm -hmm. she just finally said, we've gone over this. He is not coming back, right. period. And so um, some other coaches had heard about, you know, me leaving. And um, for, it was a couple of smaller schools, and I had just lost one year. Right. You know, so um, I said if I would go, if I were to go to another Division One school, that's another year I got to sit out. Right. You know, um, so long story short, I um, I ended up signing with Montevallo, and um, <laughs> crazy thing about it is the assistant coach had to drive me down 
to the uh, Alabama State University because they would not release my transcript. Oh yeah, they said you got to come and get this transcript. Yeah. We are not going to release you. They, they don't play fair. I'm like, what? Yeah. So you know that was that was an ordeal, but I in, ended up signing with um, Montevallo, <laughs> and that was that was totally different. What was di what was different about the experience from? Because you were only at state for a year, so no. what was different about the experience? Like, <laughs> I want to know, like state. Just from just from the people, there is like a, especially in the um, spring, mm -hmm. it's like once twelve o'clock hits, everybody's on the yard. Gotcha. Isn't and it? yard life doesn't die down until like ten, eleven o'clock that night. Once you're done with school, <laughs> once you're done with classes at Montevallo at yeah. about four, five, the, the you can hit a crickets. If, if they outside before then. If, yeah. Because, yeah. you know, we had, and then, too, like another thing, it was only certain dorms that um, had co-ed dorms. Okay. And so, like, Montevallo was co-ed until, you know, 12 o'clock. You had to be out of the uh, dorms. dorms okay. 12 o'clock. So that was one thing that was, was different because I remember the first time I was in my room and uh, my roommate had brought a girl down. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, man, she can't be in here. She can't be in here. It's right. Like, Wrong. Chill out. You know, this is you know, this is a co-ed dorm until X Y Z time. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. You think cool. you still that bum state? Yeah, I think yeah. I, you know, still so in prison. That was, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> that was one of the that was one of the big differences. Another thing that was different was um, the way that the professors talked to us. Okay. Um, and that that was that was very different because. The professors, most of my professors at Montevallo, they taught us how to apply the actual principles that we were learning and yes. life skills. Right. You know, um, some of my professors at Alabama State, they taught at that time, you know, just textbook material. Yes. You know, and it wasn't so much the um, applicable practices of how to live in society. Right. So that was a huge difference, you know, for myself, um, wow, and understand, and you know, just having to pick up on that understanding, because I'm like, man, it's a little different here how this dude teaching, right. opposed to, you know, X Y Z over here. Yeah. So, but yeah. So so, um, you know, this question right here is one we always discuss. Um, we just talk about the transition. So, mm -hmm. um, we'll touch on. We'll come back to overseas. We'll build. Yeah. We'll build on it. So. While you were you you know you were competing or mm -hmm. whatever, um, you know, by the time you're a junior, you have to make a choice, right? And you know that choice is what you're gonna major in. Mm -hmm. So, in that in that sense, was it more so you had like a, a vision of already what you were gonna do, or was it something that was like, all right, it's time to make a choice, and these are the choices you have. Like, what was your your uh, experience, because for me, it was more so like you going over here because you here to play ball. You ain't here to be no mm -hmm. rocket science. Like you here to win games and uh, do what we need you to do. So what was your experience? I'm sure at Alabama State, it might have been more like they may have pushed you towards something or tried to put you inside of one major. I'm not sure how Montevallo worked, yeah. but like, what was your experience? You know. Um, <laughs> My GPA, my GPA was extremely low, mm -hmm. and in order to get into Montevallo, I had to take um, just a whole bunch of you know basic courses mm -hmm. just to get my GPA up okay. to um, college standard. Gotcha. So once I got my GPA up, um, then because I went to summer school, once mm -hmm. I got my GPA up, then um, it was. Um, they put me in this thing called interdisciplinary studies. Yeah, and I'm, so, I'm familiar with it. Yeah, and so I'm there, and I'm like, okay, you know, we doing this, that, and the other, and I'm like, you know, getting all these good grades and stuff like that, and I'm like, what am I working towards? You yeah, know, I'm yeah. like, you know, this is too easy. This, What's the end goal? You know, I, I know, and I'm like, hold on, man, let me let me start asking some questions. questions. Yeah. So, you know, when I start asking questions, and I didn't, I didn't have. A, a goal in mind. I, mm -hmm. I like that was the furthest from my mind. 
Right. Because literally all I thought about was going to that next level, playing right. on that next level. That's, right. That was my thought process because I remember sitting down in my dorm, you know, when I first got to Montevallo, and I literally said, man, how am I going to get to the league out of here? I literally said that. So that was your mindset. That was my mindset in. going yeah. in. Like, going in. I'm going to the league, right. you know, regardless. Right. Um, and so um, I said, you know, well, let me do some investigating. And then I began to investigate and listen to other people. And, you know, I had a lot of educators in my family. Mm -hmm. And so I said, well, maybe, you know, maybe education is for me, you know. And I remember taking a um, sociology class and a psychology class, and they really stood out to me, yes. you know. But I never did take them again because let me go on over here with this educational side because that's what everybody else is doing in my family. So right. I guess I just fall so in line, yeah. you know. Right. And so that was that was my approach to, you know, the academic course that I chose at that time. Okay. Okay. So. Even with making that choice, like, um, are you currently using that degree towards uh, what you're doing doing now? Uh, is it beneficial to you, period? I started off with that, um, utilizing that degree. Right. Once I got done playing, I started off using utilizing that degree um, because I was a, a coach and a um, teacher. Got you. you know, so, but I was miserable. Wow. I mean, I was truly miserable. Like, I remember one time sitting down at practice, and one of the coaches said to me, Coach Penn, what's wrong with you? And um, I said, man, I'm, I'm, I'm bored. Like, I should still be playing. That's what I, that's what I literally said. I should still right. be playing. I'm 20. I was 28. Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm 28 years old. I'm still in prime shape. I should right. be playing, man. Right. That was my response yeah. um, because I was just going through um, a small season of depression as it relates to why am I not still playing? Right. You know, um, but um, so yeah, you know, um, I did use it for you know, I guess from about 2000 until 2006 was my last coaching gig at uh, Clay Chalkville, mm -hmm. and I said, you know what, I'm gonna go another route because my my degree was in kinesiology. Okay. And so I said, let me let me see what this human body talking about, because I do like the body. Right. I want to learn about the body, you know. So, not learn about the body, but I want to, you know, you know, put my put some more tools to use. Right. And so, you know, I started getting involved in, in fitness training and things of that nature. Right. I'm like, okay, I like this, you know, because right. right. it's you know dealing with the body, and I'm getting a chance to help people. So went that route, and you know, it was cool. I was enjoying it, and um, this, that, and other. But I started experiencing a lot of burnout. So. And that, and that was due to, you know, um, the, the way I had structured my, um, my training business, it was, it was mobile. Right. And it was catered towards, you know, more high-end clients. Right. You know, and so, you know, going here and there, you know, it was good first, good at first, you know, you made some money, but I was starting to, you know, be mentally and emotionally burnt out. All right. You know, so, but yeah, in a roundabout way, yes. Um, but I, um, but yeah, I, I, I use it for a little bit, but not what the traditional person says to use it for. Right, All right. I'm glad you said something. So me and you, we, we've had a conversation, and we talked about just playing ball, period. Mm -hmm. So after you were done at Montevallo, you did your years. Mm -hmm. um, you got records. You did what you were supposed to do. You, right. you set out to go towards that one goal. Right. So that one goal was the league. Mm -hmm. That goal didn't work. Right. So, you get an opportunity to go to was it Russia first? Mm -hmm. Did you go to so explain kind of like your steps in like because like I said I know I know what you yeah. you know what you told me Russia then Australia mm -hmm. then you had a point in your life where like you said you was like I don't know mm -hmm. just like when you were coaching right. it came to a point in your life you was like right. I'm kind of burnt out right now you're training I'm mm -hmm. burnt like kind of explain how you got to to the point of like transitioning out of basketball. That I think I I think for me, mm -hmm. I was just tired of burning out. Gotcha. You know, if that if that makes sense. Um 
like, you know, the basketball carousel, you know, getting getting punched in the gut when, when, when things don't happen for you and, you know, people who are in places of position mm -hmm. are not really pulling, pushing, pushing you forward, right. and they're pushing other people forward, right. and the other people that they're pushing forward are looking at you and saying, bruh, it's no reason that you shouldn't be here. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, when the, when the thing came out, um, my Portsmouth invitation was, was, um, was not given to me. I'm stop. <laughs> and you know what's crazy? I'm glad you brought up Portsmouth. And I don't really talk about this yeah, a lot. Yeah. But I, I think I spoke to you about it when I was picking my agents. Um, it was the political part of it that I didn't understand. So mm -hmm. um, I went with one guy, but the other guy had the connections. Yeah. So the guy that could have got me into Portsmouth, he didn't say, hey, if you come with me, I'll get you in Portsmouth. Yeah. It was after the fact that I signed with this other guy. He was like, well... Kind of like I hold your future in, in my hands, and if you don't come over here, like as a human, how could you really, you know, be that way? So I can sympathize with you on not getting that invitation to Portsmouth when you, I'm pretty sure you were a top 50 senior. Bro, um, when when my when my old teammate from Montevallo, mm -hmm. he goes and plays with the Boston Celtics, and he comes back and tells me looks me in my face right. and tells me, he was my roommate at one time, and uh -huh. tells me, Rome, there's no reason that you should not be here. There's no reason. Because, and the reason I say that is because he always wanted to, you know, play against me. Gotcha. When I was at Alabama State, mm -hmm. Steve Rogers, who got drafted by the New Jersey Nets, mm -hmm. He always, I'm a freshman. I'm an incoming freshman. He's a senior. Mm -hmm. He didn't He didn't want to play against anybody else because this was his words verbatim. He said, playing against you are, are going to be against people like I, that I'm going I'm, to see. I'm about to see, yeah. You know? Right. So, um, and these two people that, that played in, know, the league. That, in the league. Right. Were you, so were you like, looking to get to? Hold on now, some 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 different here. Different, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so, but um, you know, just same same situation. Agent not really, you know, pushing for me. And we had the same agent. You know, um, he he did give me um give me an opportunity. And most people don't know this, but he did give me an opportunity in the CBA. You mm -hmm. know, um, and then once I got released, he he dropped me. You know, yeah. You know, once I got released, cause um. You know, I had made it all the way um, to the vet camp in okay. the CBA, Continental Basketball Association. And right. um, coach, you know, called me in and said, you know, the only reason that we're not going to keep you is because, you know, we have this guy who is from Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. You're from you're from Birmingham, Alabama. Mm -hmm. It's going to cost us um, more money to keep you here than to keep him here. And so, you know, um, you got a great, great skill set, great game, but we're just not going to be able to keep you. That's I, that's the part of the game I don't like. Yep. That's the I, I think that's the part people don't understand. Mm -hmm. like, is it the numbers, the politics, uh, financial aspect? Mm -hmm. Just like you said, it came down to man, it's cheaper to keep him right than to have you here. Yep. Wow. Because he he was a he was a local. He was a local from Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, he played at the University of Wisconsin. I, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Mm -hmm. but he played at the University of Wisconsin and um um. He was a um, combo guard, just like myself, you know, same thing. Right. And um, um, I think he may have been a tad bit more athletic than myself, mm -hmm. but um, my ball handling was better, my shot was better, you know. But you know, they he he's he's there. They don't have to put him up. Right. You know, they have to they have they don't have to put me up. Right. You know, so it's all you know, all that type of stuff. Yeah. So you know, you go through that. You go to Russia. Mm -hmm. You do that. Year you go to Australia, and again you said it was a point where you were just like, it, it was it was it was like, um, in Australia I I took a knee to the um, a knee to my quad. Okay, and that that hurt, and I had to sit out a couple of games. Mm -hmm. And um, instead of me rehabbing properly, you know I was listening to them because um, you know they were talking about sending me to another team. And so I'm, um, 
I came back too soon mm -hmm. and um, really wasn't right. And so they just went ahead and released me. And so from that point, there were, there were a couple of other teams that um, were interested in me. Right. And one of those teams was the Lakeside Lightning, which I was going to probably sign with. But um, went and visited those two teams. They put me up, you know, um, I liked both organizations, right? But I um I chose to just you know hang out in Perth for a little bit and just you know take in the sights and right. enjoy myself enjoy and, and work vacation. out for this team, right. you know. And they really they really did like me, right? And um it was a it was a choice that I made through through um, prayer, not to go back. Wow. So yeah, so you you go through that. You decide not to play. So here you are now at Clay, Clay Chalkville. Clay Chalkville. At the age of 26, you said 26, nah, nah, 28? Uh, um, 28. 28. 20, no, 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 no. Uh-uh. Because I started off I started off coaching in the year 2000 because I got done in 99. My last okay. contract was 99. Okay. So, um, yeah, I got done in 99, and then um, my first – coaching job was Cornerstone Christian School then I went to I went to um, what's the name of that school um, in Alabama Thompson Middle Thompson Middle School okay. and then from Thompson Middle School to, I went to Clay Chalk. to Clay so you so I'm you, like mid-30 early 30s okay so you like, like you said you're still in great playing shape mm -hmm. now you're thinking like maybe I should have continued or maybe I can still do it what made you just say hey I'm gonna stop and going to business, and this is important because you made a decision to say, hey, forget working for somebody or forget being on somebody else's schedule. This is not fulfilling. What made you just come to that? You know, honestly, um, I um, prayed a lot. I prayed mm -hmm. a lot, you know, and I, I saw God's counsel. I saw other men's counsel who were um, mentors to me. Right. And um, began to read, you know, different books and gotcha. things of that nature. And through all of that, mm -hmm. I began to, you know, look at, and it was a question. One of my mentors asked me, he said, you know, um, what are you passionate about besides basketball? That's a hard question. And so, exactly, that's a hard question for someone for so long who, in his mind, Mm -hmm. thought that all I can do is play basketball. basketball. Right. And so I had to deal with that lie, that mental lie that I had believed for so long. And once I dealt with that mental lie, I began to look at, um, okay, what do I really like? I have a passion about helping people, primarily getting them on the right track to make positive right decisions and become successful in their life right you know really helping them discover what they like to do right you know i began to you know because i look back over my life and i you know this is, my mentor asked me this he said look back over your life and see um what is it what when were you most fulfilled mm. And I could remember, you know, being a, um, a counselor in uh, the Birmingham. I forgot what it was called, the Birmingham, Camp Birmingham. I can okay. remember being a counselor and just sitting down with some of the children right. and listening to them and talking to them mm -hmm. about their future. Gotcha. You know, and I, that, that began to, you know, really stir with me and resonate with me. Gotcha. So through that process, that was an awakening, so to speak. Gotcha. As it relates to, you can do more than play basketball. Right. You know, so. Right. And, you know, I, I I watched it. I didn't I didn't see the the process from the very beginning, but I was at one point one of your clients. You know, we trained, and here it is now. Like you went from, and I don't think a lot of people know you're an author as well. Yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you you went from, you went from physical training. Uh, weight training to basketball training. Mm -hmm. um, I remember when you was making that transition. Yeah. Like you, you were like, I think I'm gonna start training, guys. <laughs> so you jumped into that. What happened? Did you burn out? Eventually? I burned. I burned out fitness wise. <laughs> you know how I burned. No, I'm out. talking about the, oh, the, the basketball, basketball skills training. Skills training. I burned out in that too. I was, I was just because you know again I began to see myself more concerned 
about their mental and emotional state of being right. than just basketball. Right. I mean, so, some of the people, they weren't going to make it past <laughs> elementary school. Yeah, they crazy. They, they, and they, they, their parents, you know, talking like, you know, can you help my son get on the team? I'm like, there's only so much I can do. Yeah. I said, you know, I would go into it. Man, this is a partnership, you know, and we got to work in this thing together. So Let me ask you this. A question about skills training. And I was telling somebody this. Uh, I was, matter of fact, I was telling George this. I said, man, really skills training is to, is to polish up what you already have. Like, you don't – I mean, some people, yeah, they can – pick up a ball from right, scratch right. and work their way up into being good. Yeah. Some just, look, just go find you something else. Yeah. But in my mind, like, I look at it as just a way to polish up on what you can do because we can practice this stuff all day, mm-hmm. but in the game, like, you don't know. Like, you don't know. Right. And the reason for practicing that is maybe somebody cut you off and you react different. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the point of it. But I think a lot of times, and like you said, parents is like, can you help my child get on this thing? Like, your child just can't play. They just can't. Right. Yeah. I right. can't. I can't. I can't help them. So, um, you know, you go from that, and then now you start to talk about the mental side of the game. And we always talk about the mental side right. of the game. Right. And you move into what field? What field are you in now? Counseling. 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 Yeah. Okay. Yeah, counseling. So, so what services do you do you provide to the athletes? Um, to athletes, I provide, um, you know, just life coaching. Right. Life coaching services. Let's um, let's look at developing goals. Mm. Let's look up. Let's look at um, developing um, life purpose. Right. You know, what's your life purpose? Let's look at developing life skills. Let's look at addressing some of the lies that you may have believed mm-hmm. and um, beginning to uproot those lies and implementing the truth. Right. You know. So um, I do grief counseling. Anger counseling, um, depression, marital counseling, you know. So pretty much all, all forms. Yeah, I need all that. Can I get, <laughs> can I get on your skills? <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, man, that's what's up, man. When you, when you think about just the, the whole fact of you making, keep, you, you continue to reinvent yourself. Yeah. You're not just the same person like, all right. Sticking to basketball because I, I kind of feel like sometimes, and right now I'm at a crossroads. It's mm-hmm. like I'm trying to break into it or I'm in it, yeah. but you know, at times it's not fulfilling. Like we talked about it when I was at South doing the grad assistant stuff. Mm-hmm. Like it was cool to be around the game, you know, I don't have to put on no dress clothes, right, I don't have to right. get ready for work. I just throw on my basketball gear right. and I just go to the gym, something I would do anyway. Mm-hmm. But at a point, it just got to where it was like, um, this, this ain't it. Right. You know, maybe, and you know, maybe I was like, maybe it's just the situation. You know, we're not really winning, we're losing. Mm-hmm. The guys' morale is down. But I just felt like, man, this, this, ain't. and I told you that. I was like, I don't yeah. know, Ron. Maybe I need to find something else to do. Like, right. but you know, here I am now trying to jump back in, jump back in it again, and. You know, with, with everything that's going on, we always talked about this platform that I wanted to start. Mm-hmm. And now that I have it started, it, it's bringing a whole other different type of passion. Right. So, you know, again, we talk, you know, I'm like, maybe I just need to build my own. Yeah. You know, maybe yeah. I'm, at, I'm at that point to where at a crossroads where it's like I can continue to knock on the door and beg mm-hmm. or I can build it and make them come to me. So, you know, that's, that's just something that I always admired about you, just being an entrepreneur and just, you know, doing your own thing, taking the chance on yourself. And like you say, reinventing yourself. So um, one thing, too, as a mentor, I don't think a lot of people know, while you were training me, uh, you introduced me to a place called Whole Foods. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, at the time, I think we both were still, like, consuming uh, animal products. Um, but once I got into that space again, <clears throat> you introduced me to that. I got into that space and I transitioned into this thing called uh, I'm not gonna say vegan. I'm gonna say we plant based. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of explain to me like how did you come across this this wonderful grocery store? It's almost <laughs> like Saxville. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think 
Uh, for me, I could take it back to 2008, 2006, actually. Wow. Um, and I had a um, health scare. Okay. And, um, you know, they were talking about my heart and stuff like that, um, irregular heartbeat, all that type of stuff. My doctor said, you know, if you keep consuming the food that you do, mm-hmm. you know, you gonna, you're not going to um, be around much longer. You know, right. So he sent me to a cardiac specialist and all that type of stuff. And um, Then, you know, through prayer and, and reading books, man, um, on um, digestion, proper digestion, how food, how food breaks down in the body. Mm-hmm. I looked at, um, I even got, I even went and purchased a book on biochemistry gotcha. because I was that, you know, I was that intrigued about changing my thought processes. Gotcha. And once my thought processes began to change and the Lord helped me in that regards, um, here comes, you know, correct eating habits. Yes. You know, and so when I began to learn, and it was a process of time from 2006 to 2008 is when I was totally done with meat in general. Um, In that process, man, um, things began to change as it relates to my thinking. I could think a lot clearer. Clearer, You know, it was patches on my body that cleared up. Right. You know, um, infectious patches. And so I began to see those type of results along with, you know, increasing energy, <laughs> increasing sex drive, right. you know, just all Everything. all types of um, benefits. benefits right. So I'm like, you know, then my body started looking a whole lot better. You know, people are like, man, you look, you know, this, that, and other. I'm like, it's just the way I'm eating. Oh, no, you, you got to be working out. <laughs> no, I'm just eating different. Right. You know, I am working out, but I'm just eating different. Right. And um, still can't confu- com- um, get people on that, but anyway. Right. But um, that was that was the process up until up until now. And then Whole Foods came in the point, I came in the picture because they were a um, place that was catered to people who were either vegetarian, vegan, or plant-based. Right. And so they, they really catered to that particular eating style. So, you know, here's where I go. Right. You know? And, and, and you know what's strange? I always say that I, I went plant-based my last year playing professional basketball. And I think that might have been, like, the best year I had just condition-wise mm-hmm. and just focused. Like, if you could, like, if you – if you knew what you knew now, doing college, doing high school, <laughs> would you be plant-based? Considering, considering you got to think about this, though, where we're from, it's not accepted. Right. Like when I was eating, like when I was still playing pro ball, I'm around my teammates, so I'm eating different. I'm reading books. Mm-hmm. I'm writing down. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, it wasn't like, it wasn't cool. Right. Like, you know, they told me I was trying to be a Muslim. <laughs> I was like, no. I just had a discipline yeah. to be a better version of, of Brandon Davis, not to be Muhammad. So go ahead. <laughs> I think I think, you know, because basketball meant that much to me, mm-hmm. if I saw that I could get a competitive edge right. by doing that, right. I probably would have did it and stuck with it. Wow. You know, um uh, I, I probably would have you know, um, cried and moaned, hey, take me over here to get, you know, this, that, and other, because this is the way I eat. Right. You know what I'm saying? It, 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 I know for a fact it would have been a fight in the house, mm-hmm. but I think, you know, um, probably not in, um, probably not in, in, in middle school, elementary school, all that type of stuff, uh, but yeah. once I was able to drive, right. I would probably have been going over to other sections of the town, you know. And that's crazy, like, I have to, like, Go at least twenty miles, ten well ten to twenty miles to go get something that's considered better for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was in Mobile, I was living in West Mobile, which is like considered Hoover Mountain Brook right. of that city, and Whole Foods was like down the street. Yeah. I just jump in the car, four five minutes, I'm there. Right. But here, you know, I'm on the west side of town. I have to travel all the way to two eighty. Mm-hmm just to get something that's better for me because all, the only options we have is McDonald's, yep. Burger King, Taco Bell, Captain D's, 
We don't even have a grocery store on that side anymore. Right. You know, so you can really consider that what a food desert. Like, it is. It is. Like it's is you know it's it's bad just not only for an athlete but for the community. Period. Right. So I think that you know, even though we're speaking to the athlete, most definitely you should change the way you eat. Even if you you still consider eating meat, mm-hmm. I would say don't eat as much. Right. Right. You know. You know, find pockets where, you know, you can eat whatever, but, you know, try to make it organic. Try to make it grass-fed. Right, right. Try to find something that has no antibiotics. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I feel like that's, that's like, super important. Like, yes. going forward, I think in the day's age we're in, like, my son comes to me and he knows what a vegan is. Right, right. And it wasn't until I was, like, 30-something mm. that I mm. really understood. I thought it was just a hippie diet, yeah. like somebody that was yeah. a hippie. Like man, I'm not eating like that weirdo. <laughs> and now here it is, I'm a weirdo. <laughs> so I know that's real. Yeah, and I and I love it. Like you yeah. said, my energy's up, yeah. um, my clarity. I think I think right. way more clear. And you know, I saw a picture where they said the stomach is just like the brain. It mm-hmm. looks exactly like the brain. So if you feed, you know, your stomach bad stuff, you can only imagine what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. And that's probably the reason why we at why we at. Where True. we at in True. the world, period, True. is True. by eating bad food. Mm-hmm. They give you bad thoughts. Right. And now you're making bad decisions, right. period. Right. So, yeah. I just, you know, there's just something that, you know, I was thinking about. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm going to ask you this. What's um, If you could go, if you could be your same age now, and you could tell yourself something in the past, like when you were... When you're at Montevallo, mm-hmm. if you could tell your younger self or give your younger self some advice, what would that piece of advice be? It's mm. a good question. Um, I would sit my younger self down mm-hmm. and um, I would say, listen to me, listen to me carefully. <laughs> um, while you are in school, mm-hmm. you know, do your schoolwork, you know, do your, do your due diligence in school. Um, continue to, you know, work out, you know, excessively hard and things like that right. to get better at your craft. Right. But know this, one day mm-hmm. that ball will start bouncing. And so now is the time to prepare yourself for that time. For that day, right? You know, prepare right now, mm-hmm. like it was tomorrow. Gotcha. And so, um, and then I would give myself some principles, you know, to begin that process. You right. Know? Um, one principle would be let's 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 spend some, let's spend some time away from the video game. Right. And let's 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 pick up some books on um, um, leadership. Mm. Let's pick up some books on influence. Mm. Let's pick up some books on business. You know, let's pick up some books like that so that mentally you can begin to prepare yourself. Right. So that if, you know, okay, let's say even if I do go and play XYZ years, Mm -hmm. if I played until I was 36, right. In basketball terms, that's ancient. In yeah, life yeah, terms, yeah. you at you you ain't even scratched the surface, surface of yet. living yet. Right. You still you got know? a long way to go. So let's plan to plan. Right. And um, but those things. And let, let's get some books on leadership. Let's get some books on influence. And let's get some books on um, business. And um, let's begin to 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 walk in that direction and and look at what else you have a passion about four will be look at what else you have a passion about outside of basketball and write those things down you know and be honest with yourself wow you know could you tell that to me <laughs> <laughs> yeah i did i mean I, I think i would do the same man just find something else other than just sitting around and just chilling playing the game mm-hmm. um 
Get out here, network. Yeah, that's good. That's you good. know, find an internship. First yeah. off, find something that you like to do other than other play than basketball. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that was the biggest thing for me. I just wanted to hoop. Mm-hmm. Like I had no other type of understanding. Right. Like, and I'm very grateful that it it went the way it went because if it would have stopped at any moment, mm-hmm. I really don't know what I'd be doing right now. Yeah. Even though at times I'm hard on myself and I'm like, yo. I can be doing so much better, but I can be doing so much worse too. So, you know, I'm forever grateful for all the trials and tribulations, all the success. Mm-hmm. Because again, I had no plan. Yeah, yeah. So imagine if I had a plan, mm-hmm. I probably would have went way further. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just, you know, to any young athletes that's out here that's listening, sit down, take some time, write out a plan. Don't go out, don't go to the club, don't go do whatever. Like, find time to just you know, block time out and just work on yourself. Right. Make yourself better. Right. Prepare for the future because, you know, if you're breathing, it's, it's, it's coming. Mm-hmm. If you have the, you know, the opportunity to continue to live, you want to be prepared. You right. don't want to be out here trying to figure out the transition. Right. You can already be in your transition. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, man, I'm really out of out of questions really but what I want you to do is tell people where they can find you tell them about your services and you know just let them know if they need anything from you they need to come talk about talk about their depression their marriage uh, whatever like give everybody information yeah my um, name full name Romeo Aaron Penn and um, my contact information is you can find my go with my um, iCloud account Ropen, R-O-P-E-N-N, at iCloud.com. And you can also look up um, our website is Pinpoint Counseling, um, Pinpoint Counseling 1. So it's P-E-N-N, Counseling, the number 1. I might have said that backwards, I'm sorry. It's um one pinpoint counseling. My bad. <laughs> so sorry. And we that. ain't gonna edit it. So keep going. <laughs> what is it? One pinpoint counseling dot com. One pinpoint counseling yeah. dot com. The number one, then pinpoint, um p e n p o i n t counseling dot com. Oh, okay, you ain't no discount on ten percent off first time. Let me stop. Let me stop. But you get mad. I ain't gonna stress stop your hustle, man. But hey, again, y'all, this is another episode, uh, you know, Message to the Young Athlete. I'm your host, Brandon Davis. We signing out. Mr. Romeo Penn, anything else? Man, I love you guys, and thank you for having me, man. I appreciate you, bro. Oh, you'll be back. Don't worry. We're going <laughs> to be messy on the next one. We'll make sure we get Coop on here. <laughs> That's my guy. Yes, sir. Guy. All right, signing out. Peace. Right, peace.